Welcome to the regular podcast from Editorial Intelligence, the media analysis and networking business. You can see all our broadcast interviews on our EITV channel on YouTube and editorialintelligence.com. Well, good morning, uh, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Stuart Fraser. I'm the Deputy Chairman of the Policy Committee at the City of London Corporation. Uh, on behalf of the City Corporation, uh, I would like to add my welcome to you all and say how pleased we are to be the lead sponsor for today's conference. Thank you also to EI for organising this important event, and I am reminded to remind you that the Twitter hashtag is EI London. Uh, Bloomberg, of course, for kindly hosting this and these wonderful surroundings. Uh, you may think you've seen it all, but of course when their new building is finished, I suspect it's going to be even better. Um, it's an extraordinary year, obviously, for London with the Queen's uh, Jubilee and the 2012 Olympics and Paralympics, and I think we all agree that the eyes of the world will be on us. Um, and any mistakes that we make will be magnified. So we really do have to concentrate on getting this one right. But it will give us an opportunity to remind the world what an extraordinary city London is. In fact, the greatest city in the world. But of course, I am slightly biased. But London has been great for centuries, and the City of London Corporation as the local government uh, in the square mile for over 800 years is well-placed to observe some of the reasons why. London's success as a global trading centre, as a cultural capital, and a place for innovation in technology, design, business, law, media, the arts, academic inquiry, and more, is because it is truly international. Openness to the rest of the world has meant that uh, the world has actually come to us. And this has been going on for centuries. So, to, so today we are a city of over 8 million people speaking over 300 languages. The extraordinary agglomeration of people, skills, ideas, experiences has never been seen before and is the key to London's continued success. London has always been the most successful and the most innovative when it has looked to the rest of the world. Predominantly, this, of course, has been through trade, from the privateer ships of the 16th century to London becoming the busiest port in the world in the 20th, from the market stalls on Cheapside in the Middle Ages to the world's greatest high streets in the West End, from the Italian bankers on Lombard Street 600 years ago to the present day where London is the world's leading international centre. London's success has built, been built on the back of business and trade. I believe London's success as an international financial centre is an essential component to all of London being an innovative and, and very much an exciting city. Financial services are a global business and London attracts the brightest and the best from around the world. But these people would only come to London because the quality of life is something that they are seeking. My colleague, Sir Nicholas Kenyon, Managing Director of the Barbican, will say more about this later, but a world-class cultural and art scene is an essential ingredient 
of why London is an attractive place to live and work. Not only do Londoners enjoy the arts, they provide a market for the production and often become supporters, trustees and indeed donors. And perhaps those who are proposing changes in the tax rate on charitable giving may wish to reflect on this. This contributes to a virtuous circle where successful business contributes to successful art and both attract the next generation of talented people. As an indication of the importance the City Corporation attaches to the arts, we spend over £60 million a year on the Barbican Centre, the Guildhall School of Music, and the preservation of London's heritage, running the London uh, Metropolitan Archives, uh, the Monument, and of course the Guildhall Gallery. Apart from that, we uh, also maintain all of the bridges from Tower to Millennium. Uh, we also, I believe, well we do, I know, uh, provide uh, some uh, 10,000 acres of open spaces which are the lungs of the city, Hampstead Heath we own and Epping Forest and a few other places like this. And of course as a planning authority uh, for the city we do insist on world class architecture uh, and I think that is again reflected on the image of the city abroad. And finally, of course, we do maintain all of the city gardens. Again, very, very important. And I have to say, as this is a good opportunity to beat the drum, that we've got so many green flags, we're not quite sure what to do with them all. But the same is true of other elements of life in, in the capital. The people who work here, they demand uh, great shops, restaurants, public spaces, schools, and universities, and an infrastructure uh, that lets them travel around the city and to the rest of the world. Having to keep pace with these demands is what makes London vital uh, and so innovative. This is something that all Londoners can be, I believe, proud of. That said, anyone who has recently visited the cities of Asia, the Gulf and South America will know there are plenty of places who want to challenge London for its crown. For this reason, the City Corporation will continue to fight for infrastructure improvements, particularly in aviation, and fight against new rules on immigration and border controls that stem the flow of global talent to London and the rest of the UK. So this conference is timely. It is important that we reflect on what makes London such a success. Sometimes it's just far too easy to point out what goes wrong. And we need to shout about the virtues of London to the rest of the world, and particularly in this year. Finally, may I thank all of the speakers for taking their time to contribute uh, to today's conference and wish all of you an enjoyable day uh, and also don't forget to stay for lunch. Um, and I'm now going to hand over uh, to Peter York. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you very much, Stuart. Um, good morning, thoughtful urbanists. Um, I'm Peter York and I'm an EI helper. And I've got the very nice task of introducing the co-chairs of our first session, which is called Creative Juices, Why London is So Wonderfully Wonderful. I think a bit of advice, avoid creative, bad word. Um, one of the reasons why London is so wonderfully wonderful, as the spectator pointed out a few weeks ago, is because it has absolutely nothing to do with the UK. It, it exists in a sort of, uh, you know balloon above it and because London has taken unto itself 
absolutely everything in the UK, and to them that hath it shall be given. Anyway, our uh, co-chairs are Poppy Trowbridge and Stryker Maguire. Poppy Trowbridge is a London-based finance and investing reporter for Bloomberg, it says here. Now, what that means, look closer and think. She's absolutely on the front line. She covers European financial institutions, European financial institutions, M&A and financial trends. She must tend to spend a lot of time turning over very large stones. I'm amazed she's got a moment to join us. And Stryker Maguire, with a Y, is a senior editor at Bloomberg magazine, London-based, and he's a survivor of 30 years, 31 years, I think I meant make it out, of Newsweek as it was, a thing that's vanished into Tina Brown, really. Um, <laughs> well, I um, And 12 of those years were as London bureau chief. So he's been interpreting us, if I may say that, you know, I mean, what is the us in London when we are the second or third French city and all that. But he's been interpreting us to the world for ages, sometimes flatteringly, sometimes not so flatteringly. And Poppy and Stryker, with a Y, will introduce their distinguished panellists and get them to explain why London is so wonderfully wonderful.